Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner. Cahen is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. Cahen and Little Red Hen – just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Well, welcome, friends, to another edition of On the Rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman. Now, we have a special guest. We're going to just tempt you with this. Jeannie Herrick stares in the caboose today. Now, how do you how do you hear the show? You can always hear it at, on podcasts. You can also hear it live here at eleven Wednesday or um, uh, Sunday at nine. At of course K H E N, your community radio station, and um, K N. By the way, is also out there. If you uh, if you're driving along in your car, and I've, two or three people have told me they have done this. Now I'm. Not quite sure how you do it, but um, there's a there's a way that as you're driving along, you can pick it up not just from the air, but from these other other modes. And uh, I got to find out more of it. how how you do that. I know that iTunes. If you have iTunes, you can pick up iTunes. It goes right here, right to the old caboose. Where, by the way, we've got our we're putting our our feet up so Jeannie Herrick's stare will feel comfortable and it can even be heard up in the engine pulling this train where engineer rick white is and um by the way uh somebody asked not long ago the historic question about the transcontinentals on this railroad which was of course the atchison topeka and the santa fe that's rick white's is that right wick that is that your sort of favorite railroad that's my favorite railroad. My uh, yeah. thank you for us. My uh, father worked for them for his whole career. On the Santa Fe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful railroad. Santa Fe really they kept their everything up, kept their equipment up. Their hospitalization was was excellent. They had um, railroad hospitals, as the DNRG had one in in Salida. I mean they had. They weren't the only railroad to have a railroad hospital, but theirs were were really pretty special, really well well kept up. And if anybody made it fast, Chicago to L.A. It was them. At one point, the chief, which is the train, unfortunately, today's show. Oh dear, it's about a train wreck. Well, Uh-oh. anyway, and they they I I don't think the chief ever wrecked. When the Santa Fe was running it, I can't. I can find no reference to it. 
I can find some references to uh, uh, some problems here and there, but I don't find a reference to where it was actually off the track, oh. as it certainly was this time. I mean, this 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 was was off the track, no doubt about it. Yeah. And, um, and but anyway, but wait for your listeners. Yeah. I just want to tell if you're on your iPhone. You're in the car. You can go to khen.org and you can hit the podcast button and you can listen to our podcast that way. And I could see where people might like to listen to a show like this when they are in the car. Um, yes. You know, it, moving along the uh, highway and like we move along trains. And uh, yeah, I think this is a great idea for a show that you have today for us. And, uh, yeah, carry on. Everything's fine up here in the engine. We will carry. We will carry on, and um, because we, even though it's kind of a grim show, in though I'm in that it's it's it is, it is a show about a train wreck, which just of course just happened, and and it, it is a show about a train wreck uh, on the old Santa Fe Railroad, now the Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad, but it's it's in a way a reminder that. Train travel is still by far, far, far safer than travel in an automobile. So next time you're out driving in your automobile, think, geez, I wish I had taken the train <laughs> instead or, or whatever, you know. So, so it's not, this is not a hopeless show. And when I said to uh, uh, somebody at uh, Rotary Club this morning, I said something, well, this show is going to be about a train wreck. They said, Oh, a train wreck. And I said, well, but it's not, it's not, um, it's not a hopeless situation. But it is very rare. Anyway, the other thing I see here is that, yes, indeed, they had, they've had some delays. They have had some delays in Union Station in Chicago, as a matter of fact. Some, um, some, uh, a switchman, uh, maybe missing one of those damnable little low switches they have in that rail yard, which are terrible, having, I well know, having been pushed through there on the, the blind end of a train a few more than once, more than more than once. It's difficult because those those little switch, those switch stands are about four feet high, and they're red and they're green, and you've got to watch them getting, just getting to your, the end of your track. You can easily go past 20 of them. So you can understand why that happened. But this, of course, was a major wreck. And um, anyway, Jeannie's been reading all about it. And let's, let's get you on the show here. Hi, Forrest. Thank you so much. Uh -huh. I found this to be um, a very, very interesting article. I, I, I echo the fact that it's terrible to have a train wreck. I mean... Nobody wants to be anywhere near something that is, quote, wrecked. But by the same token, it's also a, um, a very hopeful and inspiring piece. And, uh, and it's a hopeful and inspiring piece, not because of the train wreck, but because of what happened afterwards. Yeah, the response. Yeah. Local response. Yeah, it's uh, 
interesting lessons learned in this. Right. So do you want me to start now? Well, start in, Jeannie, whenever you're ready, yeah. Okay, well, this is an article by Sean Dietrich, uh, who goes under the, the uh, I don't know, name of uh, Sean of the South, S-E-A-N, Sean of the South. Ah. And he has a website, SeanDietrich.com. So if you'd like to read more of his stuff or listen to more of his stuff, that's a good place to go. Um, so here we are, Menden, Missouri, population 171. There's really nothing here. The tiny town is located off Route 11, just south of Yellow Creek. You're three hours west of St. Louis, two hours east of Kansas City. It's quiet, no attractions. No major landmarks. Nobody famous ever lived here unless you count Vern Kennedy, right-hander for the White Sox, circa 1934. <coughs> if you're looking for entertainment in Menden, your main option is Bush Light, but you'll have to drive all the way to Brunswick to find a liquor store. We are just country folk, said Menden native Carol Ann Wamsley, and that's what makes us a special place. At its heart, Menden is a railroad town. The first iron tracks were laid in 1887. Within a decade, a town sprang up. You had a few dozen storefronts, a school, a newspaper, and a couple of churches with steeply conflicting views on eternal damnation. <laughs> Most of that is gone now. Today, the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroad line still passes the northwest side of the community, only now it's the Southern Transcon Railroad. The Amtrak Southwest Chief runs through town regularly. On summer afternoons, you can see the Amtrak locomotive in the distance, racing across the prairie like a polished chromium bullet. But the train never stops here. It just keeps moving. Until last week. Yeah. Now, Forrest, that sets the scene. Incredible. So what was the date that we're talking about here? Well, um, the date for the, that this article was published was July 3rd, 2022. Yeah. So just you. this last month. Yeah. Forrest, do you know what the date of the uh, accident was? Uh, well... It, yeah, it would, would have been right about there, but imagine the impact. Imagine the impact of your being in that small town. You, I'm sure you could have heard that wreck for 20 miles either way. Wow. As it, and what happened was it hit a, a stalled garbage truck 
Now wait, you're getting ahead uh, of I, the I don't story. Mean that, but I'm just saying that that that's when the train wrecked. That's when it stopped doing what it had always done. And I apologize for getting ahead of your reading. And I'm, <laughs> and, but um, yeah, I mean, can it's and that train. I mean, that's the other thing. That train's been running that route now for a long, long time. I mean, uh, they they had gotten the time on that down to 19 and a half hours. I've got a poster up on the wall here. I wish I could show it to you. They, I mean, they, they ran that in 19 and a half hours from Chicago to, to LA. I wow. mean, that's just amazing. I mean, wow. you, had to, you had to have certainly some engines uh, in, 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 uh, in there that, that could handle that. They must have managed to dump the water in. They had some, some watering facilities that were interesting. One was a watering pan. There was an actual pan of water. And so the engine scooped up that water out of that pan oh. uh, right between the rails. And, and so over, oh, I don't know, probably a couple of miles long water rather than stopping long enough to open a spigot. And uh, of course they had plenty of coal there. Being a fireman on that thing, can you imagine shoveling that much coal? I'm sure they probably had an assistant fireman or two of them. I hope, I certainly hope. And, um, but uh, yeah, and quite, quite a lot of history in that, in that Santa Fe chief. And they, the Santa Fe chief had war bonnet colors and so on. And now of course they have the, the new Amtrak colors that are, the Amtrak colors, I, I kind of like them. Some do so, sort of maroon and silver, if you've seen the new engines. And um, well, we keep talking here about getting a little longer trip in out of Union Station one day, and uh, that that could be it. But yeah, until it stopped, and until then it, it did. Stopped. Yeah. Okay. So it okay. just keeps moving. It doesn't stop in Minden. It just keeps moving until last week. All right. All right, it was a Monday that will live in infamy. The Southwest Chief made an unexpected stop near Menden, of all places. The Chief was traveling 87 miles an hour, bound for Chicago. There were more people aboard than there are living within Menden's city limits. Up ahead, was a dump, a dump truck was stalled on the tracks. The truck was obstructing the crossing of County Road 113. This was not a small truck. This vehicle was about the size of a sonic drive-in. Oh. The train never slowed. The sound of the collision, and this goes to your earlier point, Forrest, the sound of the collision could be heard from as far away as Westville. It was the noise of two General Electric diesel locomotives and seven superliner cars plowing into a mass of Dear, Dearborn steel. 
the train was derailed. Ron Goulet was riding coach. I would quote, this is, this is his description of what it felt like to be in the accident. I was airborne. Everything was tumbling. People on top of people. The train rolled on its right side. The entire train, except for the front locomotive. Carry-on bags went everywhere. Elbows collided with craniums. Shoes crashed into jaws. Children clashed against the ceiling. When I jumped up and out of the train, said Ron, I was stunned that the entire thing was lying on its side, not in a jumbled mass, but all laid over on the side. And if you don't mind my pausing for just a minute, Forrest, is this, would this be usual that it wasn't all jumbled up like we see some of those coal cars and stuff like that in accidents or, um, but rather that the cars were all in a row behind the two mm -hmm. engines? I don't, I don't know. I'm not an accident expert, but I certainly have seen that happen with cars when they're close, closely united to each other as these passenger cars tend to be. That is, it's not, it's not just like a bunch of coal cars with a coupling. Yeah. I mean, these, these, they're, they're, they're really a consist is what they are. And yes, they are there. I mean, they've got a lot of hatchways across there, all your air conditioning stuff across there. Uh, yes, they do have a, a typical coupler, but um, no, that that's there. It, it's pretty, they do tend to, to run that way. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, on with the story. Yeah. The story, yeah. the story made national headlines, of course. Reporters from national newspapers visited. They photographed, videoed, and wrote. Cable news anchors wore frowny faces and mentioned the wreck just before cutting to commercials urging elderly viewers to reverse mortgage their livers. But somehow, the bigger story about what happened in Menden was lost. Some, somehow you don't hear about Menden's magnificent people. This is the part I love. Sure, you heard about the wreck itself, the 150 injured, and the four fatalities. But you didn't hear about how the residents of Menden, nearly every single resident, rushed to the scene of the accident. Throngs of ordinary townspeople arrived before first responders even knew about the crash. There were volunteers crawling out of the wallpaper it was a wonderful problem to have, said School District Superintendent Eric Hoyt, but we probably had too many volunteers show up. People came from all over Clariton County, riding beat-up Silverados, ATVs, or arriving on foot. They came from Sumner, Marceline, Cunningham, Brookfield, and Indian Grove. 
Two Boy Scout troops dutifully helped injured victims from the wreckage. Local high schoolers were fastening bandages out of bandanas. Old women recited the Lord's Prayer alongside strangers in blood-stained clothes. There were farmers, off-duty nurses, truck drivers, soccer moms, little league coaches, and grade schoolers. They were doling out food, first aid, bottled water, and most importantly, phone chargers. Victims were taken to local homes, fed, bathed, and bandaged. Weeping passengers were embraced by rural preachers. Passengers using wheelchairs were lifted from the rubble by young men in ropers and camouflage caps. Local school bus drivers transported the wounded to hospitals. Northwestern high school staff members triaged victims in the gymnasium and fed people in the cafeteria. One resident said that Menden didn't feel like a 171 person town anymore. Quote, it was like 671 people came together, close quote. And the most unusual thing about all this is none of this is unusual, at least within the national tapestry that is the great American small town. Although we rarely hear about such acts of compassion and loving kindness within our society, believe me, they happen every day, every hour. Ordinary Americans will astound you with their goodwill. Sadly, or ordinary American journalists aren't interested in being astounded by such things. Either way, now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> very, very nice. Thank, Thank you, you, Jeannie. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Now, what do we, what, to what do we uh, owe? We, we certainly owe some things to those groups that send help people around to our stations and on our, our trains. But this was a little different than that. This wasn't the um, help squad that goes out from the Colorado Rail Passengers Association or, or even the Amtrak help squad. These, these were just whoever was standing there when it hit. I mean, that's, that's just incredible to, to me. And, um, and I, I wonder if there isn't sort of, of a, oh, not to get too sentimental about it, but a certain bedrock in the American character, particularly in railroad towns where wrecks do happen, people uh, occasionally lose their jobs, things go up and down. You know, it, it's, I, that was certainly my experience, particularly as a young man in the Chicago yards where I spent some time and, and uh, that uh, people did go out of their way. Uh, they understood. There's an understanding there. And uh, I don't know, what do you two think? You're, you've both thought about this a lot. Oh, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> one of the things going on here is that this community is on, uh, it's on county roads. It's not on the interstate. 
and uh, the Southwest Chief Line, I was looking at the map, just kind of runs kind of north of the interstate until at some point it crosses maybe in Kansas City. Um, and so the values of the people of these uh, small towns are different than the values of the people who are on the interstates in the bigger cities. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that there's a, uh, an innate quality of uh, people who want to be of service to other people. Sure. And I think that that is in big cities and in medium cities and small towns and railroad towns and in interstate towns, but how it's delivered is so different in those different settings. You go into a big city and you say, uh, I wanna be of service to my fellow man. And the, and the people say, oh, I'd love to work on getting food to Ukraine. Or I'd like to have one of these kind of big arch projects. I'd like to do this big idea project, right? And people on the interstate talk about, or, you know, the, in the towns along the interstate, talk about how they can be of service to the regular traveling crowd, or, you know, the scale is different of the help that's offered and the kind of help that's offered. And I believe it is offered whenever they can do it um, is uh, amazing. But you get to a little railroad town like this and it gets real personal, real fast. Real, real fast. fast. Yeah. Oh, we're getting a signal from our engineer. Look, we're going to take a break because uh, we've, we've got to keep going here. And we haven't we haven't talked about our little research from historic railroads either, in which we'll get to. Um, but we are so pleased to have Jeannie Herrick Stair here with us in the caboose, the Cahan caboose today, and, and talking about the Menden train wreck, which was a huge event in, in really in, in railroad history, a huge event. Um, anyway, all Very right. Good. And before you close out for us, I want yeah. to say this, uh, your listeners who we really appreciate, and we know there's a bunch of them out there. Uh, you have your local listeners and you have your online listeners and online listeners. K Hen has a donate button. Go to that donate button. Uh, Become yeah. a member of this radio station. Uh, it takes money to do this. And we are all volunteers, but it still takes money. That's yeah. my pitch for us, Whitman. No, thank you for doing that. No, let's keep it. All right, let's do a quick highball and take a little break here. At the count of three, we'll just, we'll just yell out a highball. We, we kind of end up each segment by, you know how you do a highball. Well, you raise your lantern, stand up, lean out the corner of the caboose, stay braced. Stay braced at any at all times. Stay braced. <laughs> Get your lantern up there and just bring it down fairly fast. And then the engineer looks back and sees that. And he says, oh, they gave me the highball. Let's go. Okay. One, two, three. Highball. 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 
Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889.